<laughs> Bro. Oh my god. You know, I can hardly handle it. It's been. Yeah, it's been. Thank you. Been more than a week. It's definitely been more than a fucking week. To to be fair to us, it's never been just one week. No. <laughs> Not even at the start of this podcast. At no. our most ambitious, we never thought weekly podcast. No. People who do that don't have other jobs. Yeah. Um, but we are here. We're, We're here, here again. We're here. We find ourselves here. Um, I brought us the drinks today. Yeah. Um, Taylor made a typo when Look. sending a message to me and then ran with it. I let the autocorrect happen. Yeah, instead of thankfully, you said Thanksgiving, and that's just, that's the theme now. The theme is now Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, you know how so, people do Christmas in July? Yeah. We're doing Thanksgiving in March. <laughs> it doesn't work out. It close. <laughs> but it's as close as we needed to be. Yeah. I don't care. I'm happy. Okay. I love Thanksgiving. Oh, good. <laughs> so I got some vaguely Thanksgiving-themed drinks, yeah. in- including a limited run I, I feel like this was probably from the Thanksgiving times and it just still happened to be in the store. Like it's wild. Like they didn't sell it all. It's the Line and Kugels Cranberry Ginger Schnapps from their Chippewa River Distillery. The bottle is choice. It's maybe the most Wisconsin shit I've ever seen. Um we have a mixed drink with it, but we are gonna take a little shot so we it know what it's like. Smells horrifying it's just schnapps but it is still 30 percent also i think poured way too much in because as i stir my sprite i can just see it moving swirling swirling amongst (laughs) the sprite (laughs) right like it's it's the same um color but it's not the same consistency i can see that too emily (laughs) we also have a shot of tequila and i brought two other things what is wrong with us happy sunday yeah right oh can we a quick shout out to our newest fan um, a good friend of mine now from the Vagina Monologues, ah. the show I just closed. Her name is Heather. She, Hi, Heather. She said she started listening, I believe, at 105. Yeah. And um, she's she's been addicted ever since. And what a sweetheart. Also, hello to my boss. Yes. Work Taylor. Two new... I forget that Work Taylor is now your boss. Yeah. That fucks with me. I know. I'm Same. Still, I'm still Taylor <laughs> number one, right? Emily. I'm still Taylor cheers. number one. Right? Damn it! <laughs> right, we're cheersing. Oh. Oh. And that sucks. That rules. I don't know. Like, it's both bad and good. It started out good. It did. And then it ended on the schnapps cough syrup. It does. It, like, it's not cherry flavor, but it might as well be by the end. Yeah. <laughs> Slides right into Robitussin. Tough. That was a tough hang, but maybe with the Sprite, it's good. Let's try that. Oh, God. Actually. Oh, I don't hate that. That's quite palatable. Oh, I don't hate uh, the, that. The, sh- the schnapps is really aided by the, like, sweetness in the soda. Because yeah. <laughs> there's no sweetness in that. And the citrus that. of the soda also yeah. cuts the Robitussin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, that's pretty great. Oh, shit. Can I show you what else? Mm-hmm. I'll show you what else I got. Okay. What else have you brought for the death? So just in keeping, oh. I did oh. bring some apple pie moonshine. Because yeah, <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. They didn't have a pumpkin pie version. But, you know, we eat apple pie at my Thanksgiving. Sure. It's the better pie. And oh, then I thought shit. we needed something savory. Oh. I went around and I looked for herbaceous things. There weren't a lot of herbaceous things going around. Um, there's no even like chartreuse that I could find at the fucking festi. So what I did get was I threw us a curveball. It's called curveball. Um, and it is a, uh, barbecue whiskey. So I thought, you know, if you, if you like to maybe smoke your turkey, 
this is pretty close. <laughs> Your face doesn't seem overly excited. You had me at the apple pie. You lost me at the barbecue. <laughs> and here we are. We'll do the barbecue first. We'll finish with apple pie. Oh, God. Okay. Um, but maybe we could do that on the second half of the show. Yeah. Um, but tequila? Because I have a giant shot of tequila. You do. To get through. Is yours the same size? I feel like it's not. Um, no. Emily? <laughs> so, <laughs> dishes are hard. Uh-huh. And the rest of those glasses are in the sink from Friday night. Oh, that's right. We always dirty <laughs> several of your glasses on alcohol. So, <laughs> Friday night. I did fill it, like, up to the brim. You did. And, like, I know that a shooter is thinner, so it does. Yeah. It doesn't hold as much as a shot glass in... But if, if this is a full shooter, <laughs> so thanks, Em. Yeah. I only have to drive home from your house. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Yeah. All right. I'm so ready, Em. Yeah. I'm so ready. Um, you you told me a little bit about what you were doing. Well, it started as an inspiration because I told you of where we should go <gasps> yes. as a trip, yes. and then you asked if we really actually wanted to do that because of why. And if that was something that we genuinely actually wanted to do as nowhere people. And your response was, I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't, you do do that. I do. Sometimes you're like, I'm actually already planning it. Yeah. Like, no, we're doing this. And this time you were like, I actually don't know if that's a good yeah. idea if we do that. I thing. had apprehensions. <laughs> and uh, I still do. So that's probably an indicator to maybe not. Okay. Okay. Um, is Is this story from... The area that you were trying to get me no. to go to? Okay. No. Then I can feel Similar it. creature, different area. Okay. So we are talking about a creature. Oh, yeah. We're going to get super cryptid up in here. Oh, hell yeah. Now, now what, if I recall correctly, what you were telling me about was the dog man yes. of Wisconsin lore. Yes. Every area has a cryptid. We have several. We do have several. We have the hodag. Yeah. Don't worry. I've got them listed. All our cryptids are stupid. Please tell me that they're... <laughs> <laughs> like, literally tell me one that isn't stupid. <laughs> uh, Mothman has been sighted in Tremplo. Really? Yeah. I thought that was like an all Chicago-ish. No. Oh, my God. That makes me so happy. Like... It spreads up into a few spots in Wisconsin. Okay. Like, it's not common. Because okay. if you look at, like, the map of Mothman sighting, it's definitely centralized around the Chicago area right. and along and the, that coast of Illinois. Isn't there? There's, like, a town in, like, West Virginia, too, yeah. that's, like, obsessed with Mothman. Yeah, they've got a statue. Mothman. Yes. Yeah. With the dead ass, if yes. I remember. Yes. <laughs> the badonk. The badonk on the Mothman. Yeah. Okay, cool. What else? All right. So, I've been back in... A, a soft school setting, mm -hmm. studying for an HR certification that I'm working towards. Soft school is such a good way to. So yes, I figured I'd frame this as a school presentation. Mm -hmm. So thank you for joining me. <laughs> Fuck. Today I will be presenting my theory that Bigfoot is just a hippo with thumbs. No, In this Emily, presentation, no. <laughs> Emily, I reject your hypothesis and I substitute no. my own, which is that you are on no. something whenever you write these. No. <laughs> In this presentation, we will discuss cryptids as a whole, dive into one specifically that is not Bigfoot and really has nothing to do with Bigfoot <laughs> other than they also have big feet. You just and then talk about Bigfoot. <laughs> we will wrap up with data supporting my argument as a whole. Thank you so much. This is like a five paragraph essay yes. that you've begun with your, your thesis statement and everything. So I would like to start with a quote and then provide some background information overall on cryptids. Okay, please do. <clears throat> quote. Uh -huh. I said, that's a werewolf. 
I'm looking at a fucking werewolf. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The mother of all cryptids, the weird wolf. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) Uh, So cryptozoology is technically a pseudoscience. It's not really a science. It's not accepted by the scientific community as a whole. That's because they're not fun. They don't well, know how to party. <laughs> I well, here's the thing. I'm a little supportive of some of it because I'm gonna get to that. Okay. <laughs> um, so they search for and study the unknown, legendary, or extinct animals, um, and follow whether or not they exist. Mm, mm. So Bigfoot, Loch Ness monster, Yeti, the Chupacabra, Jersey Devil, Devil, on and on and on. Big ones. Big ones. I love them all. Yeah. So cryptozoologists refer to these entities as cryptids, which was a toyin term coined. (laughs) A toyin. Oh my god. It's already happening. It's already (laughs) happening. I'm falling apart. Um, because it didn't follow scientific methods, so they're just like, no, we're gonna call these cryptids. This is what's happening. Yeah. Originally founded in the 1950s by Bernard Hevlemans, a Belgian zoologist, <laughs> and Ivan T. Sanderson, who's a Scottish zoologist, which I thought was really interesting, considering the national an- animal for Scotland is the unicorn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, like, the there Loch Ness are monster fairy and sightings yes. and all sorts of things. Ireland, Scotland, they're yep. crazy about their cryptids up yep. there. So I was like, oh, it makes sense that one of them's Scottish. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it feels right. So a lot of scholars reject this subculture of pseudoscience, science, whatever um, you want to call it, mainly because cryptozoology is associated with young earth creationism. Oh. What is young earth creationism? Thank oh. you so much. I'm so glad you asked. Young earth creationism, or YEC, is a form of creationism which holds a central tenet that the earth and its life forms were created by supernatural acts of the Abrahamic God between approximately 6,000 and 10,000 years ago. I've definitely heard the like, the earth is 6,000 years old. Yes. Noah's Ark is fucking real. Yeah. (laughs) And following interpretations from the book of Genesis um, and primarily adheres to the Christian and Judeo belief that the earth was created in like six days. I find that really fucking fascinating yeah. considering if we look at Bigfoot, this this large hippo with thumbs. Emily, um, it's, it's at least a primate. <laughs> I don't know what That's the thing. You. It would make more sense that cryptozoology would align with evolution uh-huh. given the ties, descript- the ties and descriptions of Bigfoot to large primates when yeah. we compare. I agree, though. Doesn't it right. make more sense? It would make more like, sense evolutionary, a, like... A unicorn and a horse are just from the same, right. like, species that diverge somewhere in evolution. But instead, they're like, no. No, no, no. Noah just forgot to put unicorns on the ark, and <laughs> they were their own thing. And otherwise, shut up. <laughs> yeah. They have never fucked. <laughs> no unicorn has ever fucked any horse. Yeah. Would you, if you are a unicorn, just fuck a plain horse? I, I don't know. know. What's the horse's personality like? Not good enough. Oh. I have a horn <laughs> on my head, Emily. I'm oh. beautiful and majestic okay. and my oh. mane is rainbows. All right. And I'm not. So you're an elitist. Yes. Anti-horse fucker. Yeah, I'm a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> Emily. <laughs> The most xenophobic Got animal it. is Got easily it. <laughs> it's easily a unicorn. No, that's fair and that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, 
here in Wisconsin, we've got some special types. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. Uh, we've got the Beast of Bray Road, which is out near Elkhorn. Really? Yeah. I actually don't think that one sounds dumb. Okay. The Dogman Werewolf Thing in Siren, Wisconsin, which is about three hours away from us. Yeah. Which is when I was like, we could go there. That's, yeah, that's like up north, just yeah. a little ways, right? Yeah. It's like three hours up. I... Or we go five hours to the other side of the state to go to Elkhorn. So that's two different werewolf types in Wisconsin on two different sides of the state. Interesting. In Lake Winnebago, we've got the water monster. We've Ooh. got the Lake Win- Winnebago water monster. I didn't know that. Uh, in northern Wisconsin, we've got Thunderbirds, which are tied to Menominee and their stories. Sure. Very cool, actually. large birds. Yeah, in- are they just large, scary birds? Yeah. Fuck yeah. In Baraboo, we've got the Devil's Lake monster. Okay. Lots of water monsters. In Rhinelander, we've got the Hodag. Yes. Which, if you go on TikTok and you type in for the official Hodag, there's someone that dresses up in a, like, Hodag costume. Really? Yeah. And it's very cute. Also, if you don't know what a Hodag is or you've never pictured it, um, it's exactly what you're picturing. H-O-D-A-G. Yep. It's exactly what you think it is. Yeah. It's like a fucked up dragon that <laughs> yeah, ate too many snacks fuck up dragon. and it doesn't fly anymore it is fat it is yeah. like i don't know why it's head it's is its chill. biggest thing but yeah otherwise it's got like a little belly <laughs> <laughs> we love the hodag yes uh rocky of rock lake in lake mills lake mills lake really? mills yes okay near madison what i believe is, what is rocky's deal i don't remember oh who cares not important <laughs> Uh, Whitewater as a whole is apparently a huge paranormal hotspot. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. I also didn't know that. And then, as I said, Mothman and Tremplow, dating back to as early as 1966 for sightings. Mm. Uh, the Chupacabra is also possibly in Wisconsin. Shut up. Which is hilarious to me because I had learned that at a young age. And I was a young kid with undiagnosed ADHD, so what did my imagination do at 11 years old? You thought you saw a chupacabra? In Milwaukee, Wisconsin, I thought I saw a chupacabra outside my bedroom window. Is it just like a dog or some shit? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know if there was anything there. It's clearly but you don't I believe yourself anymore, though. scared the shit out of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Fully and completely. Was this something you kept to yourself, or was this like a you cried and your mom had to come in and be like, there's no No, I was thing. very quiet. Because, like, if I cried, it was going to hear me. Fair. Gesundheit Mushu. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also, in Wisconsin, we've got a lot of native tribes. Mm-hmm. And there is a creature that has been sighted in Wisconsin that I am not going to name out of superstition. Because oh. I'm already doing some other <gasps> shit here. Dude, I have but to know. Send me the fucking name. It starts with an S or a W. Or a W? Yeah, it goes by two names. Oh, I'm scared now. Oh, okay. The sun hasn't set yet. It, okay. If you want me to edit What's on your body? A shirt. No, like (laughs) this. This. My hair. What's this? No, this is. My muscles, my skin. There you go. Skinwalker. Ah! Sorry. (laughs) You're right. I'm so sorry. This was a bad game of charades. I'm sorry. I have seen videos about them. You are not supposed to talk about them. Otherwise, you... Yes. Yeah, you get their attention. Yes. And that is a Native American thing as yes. well. Sorry. And I have Native blood, so let's not fuck around. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I got really excited. I know. <laughs> um, I'm sending you out of here at night by yourself. 
You're right. So, and if tonight is the night they get me, then I deserve it. Too far from woods. So, <laughs> you're right. It's fine. We're fine. Yeah. So, our survivor. Yes. Roy Stubblefield. Hello, Roy. He was born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska. Mm. It's important to point out he is a black man, which is raised why this is Omaha. like good for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is why this one stood out because, like, all of the other stories I was watching, I was binging more mm-hmm. appropriately a TV series on Discovery Plus called These Woods Are Haunted. Mm-hmm. And it was basically a lot of Bigfoot stories and then some other ones, but it was mainly just people going into the woods trying to find a cryptid and then finding a cryptid and then freaking the fuck out. Yeah, it feels right. So, or having an encounter. Mm hmm. Or being told, hey, don't go into these woods. And then they do. And then they're like, fuck it, let's go. And then it goes horribly wrong. And then they have to deal with it. Yeah, he was also the first black man I'd seen on the show. Mm. So Mm -hmm. that also stood out of, like, mostly this has just been white dudes. It's a lot of white people bullshit, to be honest. It's a lot of people. It's it's just, like, bearded men in the Puget Sound area walking around in the woods and being like, Bigfoot. I live in Kentucky. (laughs) I'm a Bigfoot hunter, but I've never encountered a Bigfoot. (laughs) But I I did encounter a Bigfoot, and it almost (laughs) killed me. And now I know not to do that and now i know not to let bigfoot almost kill me yeah <laughs> i'm still looking for now him, i know not to stand in the woods at night by myself with just a flashlight and knock on the trees and then when the trees knock back to not get freaked out <laughs> and now, to not just stick around to see what's coming now are you telling this story because you believe this man more because he is a black uh-huh. man yes. <laughs> that's fair <laughs> this felt more authentic okay good because it was very much like a what the fuck was this? <laughs> I do appreciate when you hear a story from someone who's like, I don't know what this was. Yeah. I'm telling you because I need help and I'm yeah. very scared. As it scared to being like, the piss I know what I yeah. saw. I know what I saw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are always the most actually scary ones when people yeah. are like, I don't know, man. I didn't set out to do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this was not my intention. <laughs> yeah. So raised in Omaha. At 19, he moves to New Orleans. Ooh, good for him. Yeah. What a move. Big move. Yes. And he'd gotten a job at a store called the Chess King. Fun. It was a clothing store. Oh, okay. It looked like like a bargain clothing store. Okay. Like a thrifting. Yeah. But before we really yeah. did that. And he was 19. He flirted. Sure. Yeah. So oh, customers yeah. would come in. It wasn't just dudes. And he'd be like, yeah, hey, what's up? So one night. Picturing him in a big collar. Shirt yeah. is open afro. at the front. Full afro bell yeah. bottoms. <laughs> Corduroy. So this is the 80s. It's the 80s now. Okay, fine. Yeah. So. the afro. Uh, yes. Maybe he's got a leather jacket. <laughs> oh, my God. So he was like it was it wasn't a busy day but it was like steady there were people coming in and out so mm. like it was fine and like a young lady walked in and he was like quote i'm not gonna lie to you she looked pretty good over there i think i'm gonna go over there and see if i can strike up a conversation with her he's like going through all of this he was like yeah no she she was fine you are thicker than a bowl of oatmeal yes. <laughs> and his pickup line to her was you know you'd look real good in that when i take you out on friday night right yo pretty good <laughs> pretty good and she's got like a nice blouse in her hands and she's like oh my god <laughs> that's so funny she didn't respond the way that he thought oh. and he had a no feeling oh and he was like mm, 
something told me something was wrong. Like, eh, something was off. Uh-oh, okay. And her response then was, my mother won't let boys come by. Okay. And he was like, well, it's 1981. That's not the weirdest thing you could say. Yeah, you're in, you're in the South. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to but in like, addition. Whatever. Yeah. So he was like, all right, so where can we meet up? We could, like, hang out somewhere else. And she suggested a park near her house. Uh-oh. And said she'd meet him there at 7 p.m. Okay. And he was like, bet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say that, but no. he said the 80s version of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he went to Metairie. There we go. Mm-hmm. Louisiana. And his words were, I've never been there, but I know how to read a map and I'll find it. Sure. I was like, fuck it. Let's go. Bro so didn't even have GPS. He's not nope. worried. 22 miles outside of New Orleans. So he drove 22 miles to see For a girl. For this one chick yep. who's like, yeah, come. You can't come by my house. Come to you this may small come to town. A park two seconds yeah. from my house. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty two minutes from here. <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> so he showed up at like six fifty five. He was just hanging out, and there was a guy playing basketball whose name was Herman. Hi, Herman. Uh, who was like, "Hey, you want to shoot some hoops?" And he was like, "No, I'm waiting." Fair. So he's sitting there waiting. Herman's shooting some hoops. You don't want to get all sweaty. 15 minutes goes by. Oh, no. 30, 45. Oh. Hour later. He waits that whole time. Still no sign of her. And he's like, damn it, I've been stood up. Mm. And he's like, well, I drove all the way here. Might as well have some fun. So he started shooting hoops. Good for him. Because Herman was like, bro. Bro. That she sucks. ain't coming. She's not coming. <laughs> And then, I like, hate that, like, back then, like, there's no cell phones. Like, you're getting ghosted and you mm-hmm. don't even know it for an hour. Yeah. yeah. Like, you would have known already if yeah. you'd been trying to text her and she's leaving you on red. Yeah. <laughs> like, you would have not even gone. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> he is like, man, this fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. So, like, two of Herman's friends show up at the same time. They're like, yeah, shoot some hoops with us. Oh. And he's like, fuck it. Okay. Sounds nice. So, they shoot hoops until midnight. Because the lights in the park stay on until midnight on Friday and Saturday nights. Nice. And then at midnight, the lights shut off and he's like, it got real dark real fast. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, I really wanted a beer. So he asked the guys, like, where is the nearest liquor store? So they're like, oh, yeah, it's the same direction that we're, we're going. We can show you. So they all start walking together. All right. Again, it's midnight. Small town. Yeah. Spooky either way. And yeah. like, And they're walking for like a mile and they're like going into the woods on like train tracks to go to this liquor store so they walk for about a mile i'd be like where is this fucking liquor store y'all <laughs> and he said it was so dark that you couldn't see like five feet in front of you mm. because like also the woods around them were so thick that it was just like you can't see i'd be worried about this these two dudes in addition like no who are you following into the dark here's the thing uh... the dudes weren't the problem okay. so well they're done. walking and quote from him he said it the best and i'm just like yeah yeah so he's like what is that sound i'm hearing i felt like i was in danger i had seen something moving in my peripheral vision my brain is telling me get the hell out of here and then they they took off running herman was running behind them so they also must have felt it yeah they're like okay nope 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 we gotta go we gotta go we gotta go so they're all running. Herman is falling behind. And then I don't know if he wipes out or he gets grabbed. But, like, there's the crash and the skid on gravel. Oh, ow. And 
Just a scream. Just an ungodly scream from Herman. Oh. And it's one of those where it's like, he could keep running, but he doesn't. So our boy Roy stops. He picks up two handfuls of gravel because he doesn't have a weapon on him because he was coming on a date. Oh, yeah. Like, you're not going to carry. So he picks up two handfuls of gravel, which, yeah. You ever had gravel in your eyes? It's not fun. Yeah. If that's what you got. Yep. Good for you. So he came back to Herman and Herman was on his back, just frozen. No screaming, no struggling, no movement, just absolutely petrified. Ooh. Like, in a time of fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, maybe don't choose freeze on this one. I mean, look, maybe he's like that because he, something got him. Well, standing over him oh God. was either the biggest dog on the planet or quote from Roy. I can't even finish that because I don't know what, what exactly it was. All I could see was a silhouette and it's not moving. It's not growling. It's not snarling. It's just looking him dead in the eyes. That's not a dog. What the fuck is that? Oh, and that's shit. what went through my mind. That's when the terror kicked in because now I can clearly see what I'm looking at. Shoulders, arms, everything on top like a human female would have. Just a whole lot bigger. I'm like, this thing has got to be, it's got to be nine feet tall. And to see a hand coming out of the dark when you're expecting a paw. I mean, a hand four times bigger than mine. A light went on and I said, that's a werewolf. I'm looking at a fucking werewolf. Dude. My brain is telling me, get the hell out of here. It's time for you to go. My whole body just locked up. I didn't know what the thing's next move is going to be. I didn't know if it was about to kill everybody. Holy shit. They both froze. Yeah. It's, I, honestly, <laughs> I think that even if you're, even if you have a different response, usually you see something you've never seen before and your brain goes, no. What? <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't actually handle this. This is not within what I understand to be real. <laughs> and therefore, we need a minute to process. So Super it's like, spooky, though. they're like, oh, shit. At this point, the two other friends had turned around and came back. Oh, they did? Yeah. I was wondering what happened to them. One of the guys had a fanny pack on. <laughs> it's the 80s, sure. In the fanny pack, there's a 38 caliber gun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, we're still in the South. We're still in Louisiana. In the, in the woods, of the night. yep. Dude had a fanny pack playing basketball with a gun. He yes. was packing. Yeah. And he was playing basketball in yeah. a park. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah. So he pulls up 38. And the werewolf is, like, looking at him and then looks at the dude with the gun and did, like, the dog thing of flattening their ears and showing their teeth. (sighs) And then, quote, she growled, and I've never heard a sound like that again. I could feel it in my chest. I was terrified. Fuck. So the guy with the gun doesn't hesitate, and he shoots. Because, like, might as well. Yeah. it's now or never there is a beast whether it is something that like is a cryptid or whether you're just sort of freaking out and seeing a wolf or something like it's a beast on hind legs yeah i mean look i'm (laughs) just trying to hey i'm trying to live a wolf with hands yeah that's a werewolf um um, i'm just trying to live as if so maybe this doesn't exist and isn't real because i'm too afraid shoot it it takes off the opposite direction They don't wait to mm. see if it comes back. They mm-hmm. all get up and they run. Herman, too. He's yeah, up. Everybody's up. Good. Everybody's running. 
Roy gets back in his car and is like, fuck this, yeah, I'm like, out. I'm not going to the liquor store. No. I'm leaving town. No. <laughs> he is out. He is never coming back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he drives back to New Orleans. He gets in his house. He locks the door. He barricades everything. He has to drive 25 minutes just like pissing. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. just freaking yeah. out. <laughs> I think he did that 22 mile drive probably in 15 minutes. Probably. As like, fast as I can. don't think he followed the speed limit. I don't want to get pulled over, but I also don't want to be anywhere If I anywhere. got pulled over, I'd be like, there was a werewolf. Like, sir. I could have died. Look me in my eyes. I'm not sure how fast it can run. What yeah. if it can go as fast as my car going the speed limit? <laughs> Is it a sprinter? Is it a long form runner? Like, yeah. <laughs> are we a marathoning We're werewolf? Not. Like, we We're don't simply know. not sure. I'm sorry. I needed to be safe. Yeah. So he gets home. He's freaking out. He takes out three of his guns, his fast loaders. He loads all of them. God, bro is in panic mode. <laughs> yeah. Bro is absolutely... <laughs> Loads them, puts them on the table. Oh, man. He said, my hands were shaking so bad. I would have put bullets all around the door frame, but I never would have actually been able to hit the door. That's how bad my hands were shaking. Oh, my God, dude. So he was finally able to fall asleep. But, you know, trauma. Yeah. 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 And he just had recurring nightmares about being chased by the werewolf or breaking into his house and then sometimes he'd be able to shoot it, but sometimes he wouldn't. And then he would feel it mauling him to death. Oh, God. And, like, the sensation of, like, being grabbed by the neck and, like, shaking like a rag doll. Like, he went into, like, full descriptions of, like, all of these things that his brain was just showing him. Those are really vivid dreams. Yes. That sucks. And he would be, like, just awake and seeing these and, like, freaking like, the fuck out. Bro developed PTSD almost yes. immediately. Yes. <laughs> Some people need years to really fully. No, this was a <laughs> night no. of night of yeah, for night this of. guy. <laughs> and <laughs> so that was Friday night. And then he said, I didn't leave my house again until Tuesday <laughs> when he had to go into work. Oh, poor guy. Oh, my God. And he got into work and his boss, he was like, I don't know. She was just super observant. But she noticed something was off with him. Or maybe him. you looked like shit, yeah. dude. Yeah, that's more likely of, like, no, you probably... Usually you probably look pretty good. Had, like, and... the, like, stare off into the middle distance. Yes. You're folding the same shirt There's 18 times. bags under your eyes yeah. and staring at nothing, of course. <laughs> so she's like, are you okay? And he was at least honest with her. He was like, no, I'm not okay. I and she's like, shit. what happened? And he was like, you would not believe me. And she's like, try me. Which Ooh. Ooh. is fair if, you know, is someone working in New <laughs> Yes. Yes. I was gonna say, this is just like an early true crime bitch. She's yeah. like, tell me everything. Who lives in the South, who lives in New Orleans, yes. who also, New Orleans has a lot of cryptids and, and things and that go bump in the night. And other things. That's so true. She'd probably be like, I saw six ghosts on my way yeah, to work, like, asshole. Honey, it's tell okay. Me. <laughs> I live in New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> so he told her everything and she was just like, oh, you've seen a loop guru dude and he was like a fucking what <laughs> is that a french yeah it's the french for werewolf oh cool Loop so, yeah okay and it's people who shapeshift and then if you get bitten you have to find who bit you and kill them oh in order to stop your transformation oh so you've got like an it follows situation yeah which is better than some other werewolf like, yeah. mythologies. Like, yeah. There's nothing to cure it in some... I would take the Until Dawn version first. But he's like, oh, shit. 
and then his brain starts going mm. and he starts to think back to the weird girl that told him to meet him at the park and then stood him up at 7 p.m and stood him up and he was like holy shit she came into that store and picked out her friday night meal or Dude. quote his exact words were fucking friday night meal <laughs> that's what i was supposed to be so he's fully convinced that the girl that he saw who was weird because she had a weird vibe yep weird vibe and he immediately was like i shouldn't have done this told him to go out to the middle of fucking nowhere and wait in a park at night mm -hmm. and then not show up right dude yeah to be honest though like she's not super great at it because i think like if he hadn't had those basketball dudes there he would have just gone home unless she was like waiting in the park yeah like if you were like a werewolf just like hanging out thinking he was gonna be alone and then you see like four dudes like playing basketball and she's just like oh she's like oh my god i'll wait it out i guess and then they <gasps> and then they, they start walking get up together and, and then it's somewhere. just like oh my god so she picks the first slowest one yeah. out of the pack because yeah that's the first one it just hits get. a point where it's like no i'm tired of walking yeah we've walked a mile now Fuck this uh, i have to be home by midnight and you've already made me miss my curfew right i just need i'm just gonna get one of you yeah i don't care yeah interesting and then so, she gets shot instead for yes couples. so he his final quote was monsters do exist they're not fairy tales that your parents tell you they're not something that you see in pages of books they walk on earth the same as we do this has changed my life huh. this event has cost me relationships damn because uh, he's probably tried to be like i know what i saw yeah let me tell you. And, and like, like, you're fucking crazy. Yeah, and he called his brother and he told his brother what happened. And his brother was like, you've got to learn to put that in a box and put it away. He didn't say, I don't believe you. He no. just said, like, bro, you, you can't live like this. You can't live like this. You need to compartmentalize that shit and put it the fuck away. I mean, unfortunately. I mean, it was also 81. So you've got a lot of people post-Vietnam who are like, I also saw some shit. This is what the government told me to do. Yeah, that's <laughs> Instead so of true. dealing with my trauma, they told me to just put it in a box mm -hmm. and put it away and to never speak of it again. So, unsurprisingly, he hasn't said it, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say he doesn't go into the woods anymore. Yeah. Especially not the woods of Louisiana. I wouldn't go into the woods of Louisiana. No, um... I went to the swamp Shit's once in Louisiana, and that there. was terrifying. Yeah. I and it was daytime. Yeah. I mean, I, I might go in the daytime. I wouldn't want to be in the bayou at night. I wouldn't want to be anywhere alone nope. or anywhere swampy. You could not pay me enough. No tall trees. Nothing. Nope. No. No, thank you. Just for the spiders alone. I mean, bugs alone. Yeah. Truly. But, the um, spiders and the snakes. Like, I'm good. The ghost opportunities are yeah. not what I'm looking for. The cryptid opportunities, not what I want. No. <laughs> like, no, thank you. So, my survival tips mm -hmm. for dealing with cryptids. Dealing with cryptids. Thank you. Um, which we need. I think we should bring up, like, look, maybe cryptids are coming out into the light because apparently the president of Mexico oh, believes, yeah. believes that he done saw the elf. Um, yeah. And it was, from what I understand, it was on, they're building high-speed rail in Mexico because they're better than us. Um, and so this was seen on, like, a construction site by one of the workers. And somehow this picture made its way to the president of Mexico, who believed it apparently credible enough to tweet. Well, and I think an he, album. like, tied it back to, like, the Mayan Yes, specifically people. a Mayan version yeah. of an elf. And it was very creepy. That's a creepy yeah, picture. That's a creepy picture. Yeah. So just There you know. are some fucked up pictures out there. In the documentary that I was watching with all the interviews of the different people, some of them have pictures Ugh. of things. And I'm just like, no. No, thank you. Nope. So if you, you know, maybe this shit no, be out you. here. Maybe um, we live in an increasingly weird world 
I well, mean, I mean, the more help. we dig into the woods, the more we're tearing things down, and mm-hmm. you yeah, know, the more I think it's like we disrupt. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those where it's like you should never say never on things because yes. there's like what seven hundred million acres of woods that we haven't explored in the U.S. alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is crazy. Like you think like we've really taken over every location on Earth and destroyed we it, and that's not. just not true. Yes. <laughs> One day, maybe. Yeah. I mean, we're on our way. Yeah. But, like, there's a lot more yeah. that we haven't... We don't even know every species of bug that exists. Why would we know every species of scary thing? Right. <laughs> so, it's like... We've only explored mm-hmm. 2% of our oceans. Yeah. Like, we don't know what's down there. I don't want to know what's I'll down there. I'll be fucked there. up. I'm I'll good. I'm, I know. <laughs> so, what are your survival tips in case I am to encounter a cryptid <clears throat> on my way home tonight? All right. Survival tip number one. Thank you. Don't. <laughs> Don't encounter is your first yeah. one. Okay. Uh, survival tip number two, seriously, don't. <laughs> Three, uh, <Emily. laughs> if you have to, don't go alone. Okay. That's Buddy a good system. It's a good call yeah. no matter what. Uh, survival tip number four, why the fuck are you in the woods? Uh, Emily. <laughs> These are not tips. <laughs> uh, number five, don't whistle at night. Really? That it crosses many, many, many different cultures. I personally have heard it from the native culture, but, like, I think it's in, like, Chinese. Like, whistling calls something? It calls unwanted spirits. It might call It back calls to you. all sorts of things to you. So don't whistle at night. See, here's my problem. Do you whistle that, at night? Um, Do you fucking whistle at night? I don't just, like, go out to call shit and whistle at night. I can't even whistle to my dog because my husband can't whistle and he doesn't want her to learn whistling as a, as a thing. <laughs> so I don't do that. Um, but that feels like exactly the sort of challenge that I want to do. <laughs> I just go out and be like, Taylor, <laughs> and just see what I happens. <laughs> will rise up from the ground and beat the shit out You're of you. You're not dead. You're just coming up from the ground. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Shall we? Harpid noise. Harpid I'll get noise. Us, I'll get us a weird shot and a less weird shot. And then we'll do. Have we had the barbecue before? I don't know if we have. I think I, we have. If we have, then good for us. We're I doing think it out on the balcony. Oh, maybe we did because we used to just share different yeah. weird shots. I'm pretty sure. Entirely possible. Let's do it. Do, All right. Give me that heart noise, B. <clears throat> <laughs> good. That was a good one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I would rather chug <laughs> ketchup. Then smell this again. I need you to chug. Oh, I would not chug ketchup for almost anything in the world. I actually do like it, but I smell that. Okay. We're talking about the curveball that I threw at us. It says throw it back on the front. It is sweet and smoky, a barbecue whiskey. I meant this to be the turkey portion of our evening. You're a smooth barbecue whiskey. (laughs) Oh, my God. We are lucky neither of us is allergic to liquid smoke because that's definitely what the fuck is in here. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of liquid smoke. I guess we should do what it says, though, and throw it back. All right. Let's fuck this turkey. (laughs) (laughs) I I wanted to fit it in. I said it before we started rolling. I was pissed. (laughs) Let's fuck this turkey. Let's fuck this turkey. Oh. 
Oh, that sucks so hard. Oh. Oh. Well, they nailed so... the barbecue sauce. They did, because it's not just smoke. It's like the sweetness of a barbecue sauce is totally in there. It's like they just dumped barbecue sauce in whiskey. And hickory? Is that hickory? Oh, absolutely. There's some <laughs> apple wood. <laughs> it's fucked up, It actually, tastes like hickory bacon. Yes, it does. If it's... it was liquefied and reduced. Oh, it's not even the way it tastes. It's the way it's like feels as it is starting to it's become thick. part of me. It's I'm thick. not happy. I'm not happy. Yeah, it's thick. That was nasty. It's thick. I can feel it. I... Uh, I'm not speaking to you. I'm very sorry. Well, that was the turkey portion. Would you like some apple pie? I'm not speaking to you. <laughs> you have to speak to me for the podcast, Em. Fuck. <laughs> Let's just do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sip at it. I'm not going to take the whole thing. Oh, okay. Bye. Okay. I have to tell the whole story, so you can lose your mind. I'm going to wait. It's I forgot that was still. like Everclear. Yeah. But that they stuck an apple pie flavoring on to the <gasps> top of. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. I will be honest. You might have heard of this before. Okay. I just. So you said you were doing the opposite of Everest. So are we going deep into the ocean? Um, It's not Is the it... ocean, but we're going deep. Oh. We're going to go deep. Mm. Um, I was How looking deep? at other cryptid type stories. I wasn't loving like all of the. The first hand accounts, they were, like, either poorly written, they were not corroborated. There was nothing else I could, like, do but find, like, the weird quotes on, like, shitty websites. Yeah. And I wasn't loving it. So, but I did find this on my YouTube. As I had been searching the cryptid stories, this came up. And I thought, oh, that's very cool. I wonder if it's from the same channel that I am subscribed to. It was, I think it was called, like, Scary Interesting or something yep. like that. Yeah. Yep. So you may have totally heard of this. Um, I did go beyond that video because that video had like some of the names were wrong and I was like I do not know if you 100% have your facts right video so I did then go to like a national it's good inspo and then I go exactly grab the actual information that's usually like I start with YouTube because it's fun inspo Mm -hmm. always yeah 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 yeah. yes so we're gonna start in the Gagra I think it's I'm pretty sure it's Gagra not Jagra mountain range it is, it lies on the border between Georgia and Russia. Oh, shit. The country of Georgia and Russia. No, this, Russia, USA. I mean, look, some people don't know things. I know. Um, I know, and it's sad. <laughs> this range is made largely of limestone, which makes it pretty unique. Oh, um, we have limestone formations. We do. Our um, bluffs are limestone. That's right. Yeah. If it you actually, lick it, it's salty. Because of the way. Don't lick the bluffs. <laughs> don't lick, don't the, lick bluffs. the bluffs. Please stop licking the bluffs. But, like, yeah, limestone er- erodes in a very particular way, and yeah. that's actually what makes it so interesting. Yeah. Um, so not only does it have some pr- impressively high mountains, like the highest one's like 11,000 feet, oh, pretty shit. good. All right. It is also home to some amazing canyons and hmm. four of the deepest caves in the world. Well, typically when you have limestone formations, there were icebergs. Yes, and so. also, like, erosion is easy for limestone. Yeah. Like, you just, you just kind of get worn away pretty fast yeah. if you're limestone. So the Virovkina cave is located in this region. Mm. It is currently the deepest known cave in the world. Oh. It has multiple shafts, lol, um, some of which only go down a couple hundred meters. But one shaft, lol, goes down a lot farther than that. Um, the, 
I'll show you the mouth of the cave if it helps you to pe- it perhaps remember if you know of might. it. That is the mouth of the cave. It's I tiny. I think I know. We will see. But like, as you know, the listener doesn't see, uh, the mouth of the cave is probably like three feet by two feet. It's very small. And it's just out the side of a rock. Yeah. You would not necessarily just see that and know, oh, that's deepest like, cave in the world. That's my favorite thing about caves They're is hard. a lot of the entrances are so Teamsy. nondescript and tiny. You have no idea what you're about to get into. Yeah. It has this very small entrance. So it was only originally discovered in 1968. Oh. it's It was marked by one expedition team. They found one shaft, lol, um, that only went down about Should three... we be dabbing every time you say shaft? I feel like shaft? if you want to dab every time I say shaft, okay. that's fine. I All don't right. think I can do it without chucking your phone on accident. Oh, yeah. Please don't chuck my phone. So... They found it. They they found one shaft lol that goes down about three hundred and seventy <laughs> feet. That's okay, not, that's still it's like a cool cave, deep. but it's not anything to really write home about. So, I don't know if they just didn't tell anybody or what. But because the cave was discovered again, oh, I don't know if like just different caving groups weren't discussing things. There I mean, was no database this early. This is like the police. No. Yeah, exactly. County by county, they're yeah, not talking. They're not talking. So in 1982, another group of cavers discovers this cave. Mm. They also entered. This time, they found a shaft. Lol. Um, Sorry. Dab. <laughs> thank you. Um, and that went down much further. Um, and they sort of kept going down there, finding further and further things, until they had reached a point at which um, they realized that it was about 1,444 feet down. Oh. Pretty pretty big deal actually that's pretty far so this is a fairly impressive cave it's worth some study because the things that are down there have probably never seen the light of day and there might be some cool shit down there like fungus and stuff word for it yeah cool or scary but (laughs) this isn't about the the fungus but it is cool down there don't lick rocks in the deep dark (laughs) yeah you never know what's going on over the next few years, exploration continued, but after, for some reason, about 18 or 1986, they just kind of stopped going to mm. this cave. We don't really know why. If they just thought, well, we found everything we need to find and we've really mapped everything in there and it just, we're looking at other caves now. Okay. But for whatever reason, no one visited for about 15 years. Sure. And then in 2000, a new... It, they called themselves a speleo club. Speleology is the study of caves. And this, oh. this club is called um, Perovo. Okay. Perovo Speleo Club. They are from Moscow. They're Russian. So they went back into the Firovkina cave to do some further research just to see, you know, let, let's look at the cave bottom. Let's see what's down there. Yeah. Um, and what's up, cave? Yeah. Even with this new attention, it still took... 15 more years to th- for them to finally discover that the bottom of this cave was not the bottom at all. Oh, shit, so son. <laughs> oh, shit. There's another shaft. Oh. Lol. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that actually split off from the known, like, deepest point. And actually, like, they get to a deep point and you realize you have to go pretty far back up, almost to the surface, to realize there's another split. Oh. In the cave that no oh. one had noticed before. Oh. The whole thing is fairly narrow. So this tiny little opening just hadn't been noticed by anyone. And that new shaft, lol, goes down. Down deep. And down. Oh, God. And down. 
So now caving is like a dangerous thing. I don't think I need to like really elaborate. We've talked about Caving's it. Caving's really scary and dangerous. Yeah. Especially yeah. cave diving. It's like one of the most dangerous things that you could do. And oh there's God, threshold yeah. certifications that you need. And yes. even then your risk of death is still very fucking high. Yeah. Like with this, there's no hope of, there's no diving. Cave diving happens when the cave mouth is quite wide. This is cave should slowly happen. climbing down. If you want to go down far enough in a cave, you have to plan like it's an expedition. Yeah. Like you are going up a mountain. You probably still need oxygen. Um, yeah. Well, weirdly, I didn't hear about that. There's oh. no oxygen needed, but there is a shitload of gear and yeah. a shitload of planning. So this this um, Perovo Spelio Club, they take the next couple of years just exploring new depths of this cave okay they go in a little further they they look at what they can look at they come back out next a few months later they go in a little further they look at what they can look at they come back out meanwhile they're setting up like camps okay so so they're at least doing it the right way absolutely these people i will say world class (laughs) they know exactly what they're doing good um nobody is dumb in this story for once um, it sounds like it's probably just going to be a shitty set of circumstances yeah, that happen. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay. these are maybe the best people to have undergone a very shitty set of circumstances. All right. So these we guys know that. what they're up to. But yes, they're, it's kind of like, the, the way I liken this to Everest is really that, like, on the Everest climb, we talked about how there are many different camps mm-hmm. that are set up. And, like, the camps are there for people to rest, recuperate, yeah. acclimatize. Yeah. And also trade out their gear. Yeah. But, like, so usually people will spend, like, years and years just bringing up the equipment you mm-hmm. need to the several different base camps that the the at Everest or any other type of mountain that requires yeah. that. It's the same with a really deep cave. So these guys are delving a little further down, setting up a camp where it makes up sense to set one up, and then going a little further. So... By August of 2017. So in 2015, they realized there's a new shaft. Oh, okay. And by August of 2017, the cave has set a new world record for cave depth. Oh. At 7,123 feet. No. It's like 2,200 meters. It's... How many leagues is that? I actually don't know what leagues um, actually applies to but it is more than a mile like if you remember like a mile is like five five thousand two hundred and eighty yeah feet. i'm just thinking of like twenty two thousand leagues under the sea levels of like i actually yeah i don't know well i will say so this to reach this cave opening you have to actually go about seven thousand feet above sea level so by the time you reach the bottom of this cave you're just back at sea level. i'm really surprised they didn't need oxygen yeah i think it's um it's it's more like maybe getting up there is not so much. It's it's not oxygen dense up there, but it's not terrible. Like okay. Everest is twenty nine thousand feet. Well, because it's sea open, level. also open air. So okay, yeah, that makes so it's sense. okay. And then they're just going towards sea level where okay. it's getting denser. Yeah. Okay. So they're okay, but anyway, this is a very deep cave. It's now set the world record for the deepest cave to have ever been found. Oh, thank you. In March of 2018, they explored another kilometer of passages and tunnels. They were able to measure the depth of a subterranean lake no. that they'd found at the lowest point so far. Shit. They, I think they called it like Captain Nemo's Last Stand or something. Like, <laughs> it was very funny. So this lake added to the total depth of the cave. And once they were able to like confirm the lake's deepest point, 
they could confirm the entire deepest point of the whole thing, which ended up being 7,257 feet. That's crazy. I know. So now that is, that's the deepest, deepest measure. Like they've never found any other opening that to them right by now is that's the end of the cave. It's narrow and weird and windy. Nah. The passages make no sense, but they've been mapping it for years. And it's just this one team. No one else has ever gone in this cave. Um, Not officially, not to like market and study it the way these guys have. Okay. So it is now, for story purposes, September of 2018. Oh, God. The Perovo cavers are added again. They're going back down. Guess who's back? Back again. They are led by a man named Pavel Demidov. Hi, Pavel. Of the Dimsdale Demidov. Oh. Um, the, team, the team headed back into the cave to do some more mapping. They just want to study the various shafts. Sure. Um, and like they want to. Yeah. Shaft studies, yeah. They want to take samples of the different rock and the various funguses and whatever yeah. they find. Yeah, 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 yeah. The trip is also special because this time they have two National Geographic photographers. Uh-oh. Um, they're there to document the entire trip. They just want to see how these cavers do this, how they prepare, what happens when you get down there, what it looks like when you get down there. Because this no isn't one, great. Yeah. No one's taking pictures of this subterranean lake. I feel like just give them a camera. We don't need to bring two random ass people in. Mm, nah. It's not like Robbie Schoen and Jeff Waite are their names. It's not like they've never caved before because they wouldn't be allowed down there if they hadn't. You have to be somewhat you gotta know what you're doing (laughs) but these guys are not cavers they are primarily photographers they are bringing with them tens of thousands of dollars in equipment yeah because yeah first of all there's no fucking light down there other than the light you provide yeah they need to create light which means they need to bring a lot of things and probably including like a soft focus oh yeah for interviews and things like yeah i don't even know like i saw a lot of really good pics there were amazing pics but i don't know like what they were all trying to do because just a spoiler alert it doesn't go that great so i'm shocked you added new elements into the mix so those who were gracious enough again to listen to our last episode will understand now that there's the sort of a there's a similar type of thing to reaching everest as there is to reaching the bottom of this cave for one thing it takes four days to reach the bottom of this cave and you have to stop at these different camps it's not about acclimatizing or fixing your body. It's about resting and, like, making sure that you know where you're going and that your gear is up to snuff and that you've eaten well, enough. And I'm sure they're probably splunking through things and, like, squeezing through crevices. It's not like they're, like, walking through these oh, wide yeah. no. open passages. A lot of it is. And I really should have said, like, like if you have, like, a claustrophobia thing, if you have, like, a, a thing about getting stuck, no one gets stuck. I'm going to say that right now. No one gets stuck in too small of a space because that is very upsetting to some people. And it would be upsetting to me. That is not what happens in this story. But yeah, you should be, you should understand like these people are wearing layers and layers and layers of gear because they are sliding against rock all day through narrow passages. And like that will hurt. Hell on their bodies. Right. It's just difficult. So they're making it down from, you know, camp to camp. From base camp... Camp one is located 2,000 feet down. You still got to make it 2,000 feet down. All right. Think of all the rope, by the way. No. The rope is not something you set there forever. That's something you bring with you. So Yeah, I mean, you can't just leave rope in those kind of conditions. Right. I believe And then trust it to stay. Right. And not get eroded away or to break or get brittle over time. That's not something that happens. 
They do not leave that stuff to chance. So Good. you bring tens of thousands of feet of rope with you the enti- every time. Oh, that's heavy. This first base camp, however, 2,000 feet down, is always maintained. It's, it's high up enough that it doesn't have any of the problems of, like, the lower cave that we'll discuss. But oh. it also, you know, is low enough that... It's not getting hit by the elements up above either. So mm-hmm. it's a good camp to just keep always stocked. If they know they're going down all the way, mm-hmm. they can bring some of the rope and equipment in well-sealed containers down ahead of time. Exactly. Food and all yeah. of that. They leave some of it down there for just expeditions that take place throughout the year. So the Spaleo Club, as well as Robbie and Jeff... It takes them four days. Once they get to that camp, Camp 1, at 2,000 feet, it takes four days to descend down to Camp 6. Jesus. Which is at 6,900 feet down. They will be... So they're at Camp 6, which is like... It's not a permanent camp. All the other camps after Camp 1 are ones you have to build once you get there. But, like, it is sort of built on this sort of horizontal outcropping away from the main shaft. It just happened to be there, built into the rock... Once you get down there, you realize, like, oh, that's a good place for a camp. And so that's what they made Camp 6. So that camp is where they will stay for the rest of the expedition. It's almost at the bottom, so it's close enough that you can kind of go there on little day trips out to the different, like, crevices and whatever you're studying Mm -hmm. and then come back. So they set up their tents and all this shit. They have all of these lines set up around the cave to hang their gear. Because when you're not climbing, you don't have to wear, like, six layers of shit. Yeah. But they need to keep it dry and accessible, so they yeah. hang it. Um, Sweaty babies. For sure. For sure. And also, caves are just wet, y'all. Yes. They just drip and they're wet. They are. That's why stalactites and stalagmites form, is because things are just constantly dripping. So. I've gone caving once in my life. I will probably never do it again. It's, um, I've been in a cave, but not one that you have to go down we, yeah, we had to go. That's it wasn't like a tourist cave. Mm-hmm. You have to put on gear and shit. Yeah. 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 You have to be really like, to go too far, like obviously for certain things they'll set you up and they put you in a harness and they can bring you down to a certain level. Mm-hmm. But for one like this. Nope. It's your arms doing yep. the work. You gotta be strunk. Like yeah. bull. I'm good. Yeah, me too. Fuck. So this group spends the next week heading back and forth from this camp. They go down to the subterranean lake. They're into other levels of the cave. They're taking photos and doing all the weird science shit that they plan to do. Good for them. Good. Things like this need to be studied. They're doing it. We love a science bro. Absolutely. Bunch of science bros up in here. There is a, here's a pic of the subterranean lake. Oh, jeez. That's cool. It's really cool. Um, oh that's cool Robbie describes this as like this is like blue green water it's a little bit murky but it's mostly just just straight up blue green and then around it is this limestone that is black ah and this until they introduce light from their headlamps and from their cameras there's never been light here like this lake has never seen light it's so cool so after about a week, two of the climbers, Roman Zverev and Natalia Sizukova, they both have to head back up just because their, like, flight is taking off. Fair. So they have to leave a little early. So they're they're very experienced climbers. No one's worried about it. They just yeah. head back up. Bye. They make it all the Maybe. way to camp. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. No, they're fine. Um, they make it all the way to Camp 3, which is about midway okay. through the cave. 
Okay. It may be like a thousand feet, a thousand three hundred feet from the surface. I think. Okay. So they're about halfway there, and they start encountering something that they did not love. There is a huge rushing spider. wall of water. I wish it was a spider. I actually think I'd be slightly less afraid of a really big spider than a big rushing wall of water. Yeah. Just in this circumstance. Have they been, I guess you might not know, if they've been in the cave at this time of year? They have. Because I know that's also like a thing. Yes. That is actually something they mention at the end is that they know that this cave is capable of flooding, but only in the winter. Oh. So they don't go in the winter. This is September this is of 2018. The yeah. They don't expect it to be flooding. Oh. But there's all this water, and it is pouring down through the main hole in the oh, cave. Oh, shit. One other cool thing they do is, like, that cavers, when they're building up these camps, they will run a physical communication line from the surface to the bottom. Nice. Because you can't, uh, like, the rock disrupts walkie-talkies sure. and shit. That makes sense. And it says, like, they tap into the line, and I don't know if that means they literally Morse code messages. Or if they're, yeah, if they plug in a walkie or something. I'm not sure. But, yeah, they have a physical line that runs through the cave. So these guys, as soon as they see this big wall of water, they're like, ah, okay, there's a flood. (laughs) And, like, it happens. Problem. Yeah. So they just send this word down to Camp 6, like, hey, there's water headed your way. It's probably raining pretty hard up top, just so you guys know. You said this was 2018? This is 2018. Okay. I'm trying to think of large weather phenomena that happened in 2018 yeah and i don't think that this was a crazy one it was just a storm it did rain but it rained you know pretty heavily for a good period of time there was one the video that i watched on that channel actually did a good job of saying like even when only one millimeter of water falls of rain falls that means like in a kilometer yeah a a kilometer of area is receiving a thousand yeah, rain is weird Millimeters like that. Of of like, rain. Yeah, you only get like an inch of rain, but if you get an inch of rain on every single piece of land, you get an inch of rain that on a, over a mile into one hole. Exactly, you get a lot more water than you're yeah. anticipating, yeah. even if the water is not all that bad up top. Yeah, you could it could be a drizzle, but yeah. the cave is a low point. Yeah, and so all that water rushes it's into go it. down. And like when the when the rain is heavy as it was here, it, that's a lot more water, <laughs> and yeah. it can take a long time to pass all the way through. Yeah. So a lot of water is coming down. They warn Camp Six. Camp Six is not overly worried. Again, these are very experienced climbers. They know that this happens because again, like rainfall means cave get water. That's fine. Caveman, no rainfall get water mean yeah. water. It fine. Okay. We're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie and Jeff, the two photographers, they're the least experienced of the climbers. And they're sort of like, huh? What's happening? Water? And everyone else is like, guys, it's fine. Like, is it? This happens. So their camp is well out of the way of the shaft, lol, that where the water would fall down anyway. It's sort Mm -hmm. of off to the side. So they're not worried about getting hit directly with it either. Okay. Plus, there's about 300 feet of just direct down tunnels. That would need to fill up with water before they ever had an issue up above them. Not to mention that there's all these tunnels and crevices that go off to either side that would need to fill up too. Okay. So, again, no one's overly worried. And it actually, even though, like, this water is rushing down, they're so far down it takes three fucking hours for the water to get to them. Holy shit. Yeah. From base camp three to, to camp six, 
three hours of just like they sort of hear like a train coming base camp three to major tom (laughs) hey it's about to get real wet but yeah about three hours later after they receive word they finally start hearing this incoming train getting closer and closer that's never a good sound if you aren't in a tornado area oh yeah that that's that's not a a sound to hear and that's you know and that's a shitload a torrent of water headed towards you very quickly as well it's a that's a very scary sound yeah it's unnerving for sure yeah and like the walls of the cave start rumbling Uh oh yeah you just feel unsafe Uh oh and then finally just above them like out like in this there's the shaft that runs next to their camp yeah this it's like someone opened up six fire hoses and they're just pouring water See, as like, fast as it will come i don't know if it's just me being a nowhere person mm-hmm. with this of like i would have at the warning been climbing to higher ground even if the water is rushing down if i am at like base camp five at least i'm not at the bottom of the bottom mm-hmm. they feel like they're not at the bottom of the bottom either no one's in the subterranean lake no one's going down that far today especially not when they hear that they think we have 300 feet directly below us before anything happens that feels like not enough space to them they were like look we can move if we need to move but we don't need to move right now. Well, they're out of time to move. So the the water starts gushing. I mean, I, sw- I swear to God, though, the water starts and it doesn't stop for two hours. <gasps> it goes for two hours oh, with no, no stopping. No, 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 It doesn't no, let no, up. No. It doesn't slow down. Like, this is a quote from Robbie. He's literally, like, making food when the water finally gets to them. And he puts the food in his mouth. He sees the water and he almost, like, he, he's a g- mouth agape. The, the food falls out of his mouth. Like, he is terrified. Yeah. He literally says, this is a quote from him, the most enormous torrent of white water appeared out of this hole and I just stood open-mouthed at the sight of the huge white wall of water entering our little home. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I mean, this... This type of thing Robbie learns from the team can last for hours. It just does. This is just a thing that happens and no one is concerned. Great. Depends on how long the rainfall is happening on the surface. Great. Delightful. Two hours go by. Nothing changes. And then one of the caving team hears, not Robbie, just another member of the team. He hears a gurgling Uh coming from a hole Uh nearby. Uh Uh-oh. He looks in the hole and he actually sees nothing. He looks to see if he can see sloshing water, anything like that. He sees nothing. No water, nothing. He tells the camp, the team leader, his name is, again, Pavel Demidov. He just decides, like, because of the water and everything, I'm going to tell him. <laughs> it's probably good for him to know. I hear gush gush. I'm here, <laughs> I hear a little... Again, though, no oh, one here is God. a dummy. No one here is being an idiot. They just know what they know. So Pavel, he's like, okay, you know what? Yeah, we're going to go to one of the siphons that we know is nearby. And we're going to see if we can see how much the water has risen from the bottom. <sighs> Pavel takes another guy and he starts out for the siphon. And he isn't gone for five minutes before this same guy from the team who had heard the gurgling. His name is Petter, by the way. Like Peter, Hi, Petter. But with a Y at the end. Yeah. Yeah. 
He decides he's going to look in that same hole oh, where God. he heard the gurgling he's and saw get nothing. Fucking face. Yeah, he's been. It's been five minutes. Yeah, that's enough time for water. He, he when it's bad, yes. So this time, when he looks down there, he's not only seeing water. He's seeing it rushing up so fast it's sloshing against the sides of the hole. Like it is racing toward Uh-oh. them. Oh. And <laughs> this is a quote from Robbie. When, when Pater turned and looked at me, his face was white. And I just thought, oh my goodness, we have to leave right now. We cannot wait. If we just hang around, we're all going to die. Yeah. So. Yeah, this cave's about to uh, fill the fuck up. Yeah. Like, I think, like, there must be, there's so many different crevices. There's so many different holes you can fill. But once they're filled, it's over. Like, That's it's it. It's all happening That's at it. once. Flash flooding is happening. So, Robbie and his assistant, Jeff. They begin scrambling to put on all their gear. Their gear, Like, again, they're supposed to climb with, like, six layers of shit on. They don't have it on right now. So. No time. Right. Everyone's, like, keeping certain things. They have a fleece layer they have on to keep warm. But after that. Yeah, like, I'm like, sure it's cold down there. Absolutely. It's just above freezing everywhere in the cave all the time. That sounds delightful. Yeah, right. Um. They so they put on the latex layer that they have to like then twist at the ankles and the uh, and the wrists and the neck to keep it waterproof and they have to help each other do it. They put on this abrasive. That sounds like that takes time. Just yes. that alone. Yes, like it's it's like a wetsuit. Yeah, and like they have to put on this abrasion layer that like stops you from getting all scratched up on the rocks. There's a lot of equipment for them to put on, and they're helping each other. And by the time they're done, Robbie's, like, freaking out. Like, this is taking too long. (laughs) Yeah. We have to go. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. And Robbie looks down at his tens of thousands of dollars of equipment, his lighting, his camera equipment for National fucking Geographic. They'll understand. Yeah. National Geographic. If there was ever a company you were working Mm -hmm. for, I feel like National Geographic is going to be like, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. We literally sent you into what could have been a dangerous situation. Yeah. And it turned dangerous. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was your life or it was this equipment? Like, yeah. No, like, no, 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 no. It's not only that, it's his personal effects, too. He just looks down and he thinks, it's not only the fact that it would take him a minute to, like, put it's them like on a fire. his body. It's the fact that he would have them and have to climb. Yeah. It's literally, it's like a fire. Grab the most immediate things. Shoes. Pants. Grab what you need to get out of there. A shirt. Car keys if your car is not in a garage. (laughs) Like. And otherwise, yeah. Like, he was worried mainly. It seems a lot like what Robbie says is like, I was worried about holding other people up. Yeah. Because this is also a one at a time kind of thing. Yeah. Like, if he is slow getting out of there because he's holding all this camera equipment, he could kill people. So he just says, no, fuck it. Instead, what he does is he pulls all of the, um, like, data cards out of his cameras. They're holding all the pictures. These are, at the time, the only pictures of this fucking cave down at the bottom. The only pictures of the subterranean lake. The only pictures that exist of this whole system. So, And I'm sure National Geographic is going to be more interested in having those data cards and then his story. Right. Than the cameras. Yeah. Absolutely. Cameras are replaceable. That's what insurance is for. Exactly. So he grabs the smallest thing he can, which makes the most difference anyway. And he puts it in a Ziploc bag and then he shoves it into his, like, his, like, waterproof layer. Yeah. And then, basically, like, he looks around, he realizes Jeff is nowhere to be found, and he just starts screaming. Like, Jeff, we have to go. And Jeff is like, okay. (laughs) So they both make it out of there. They call back to Peter. Petter. 
And they're like, we're leaving. And Petter's like, go. I'm going to wait. Because he has to wait for his other teammates. There's a couple other people with him. They're all putting their shit together. And then there's um, Pavel and the other guy he took to go see the siphon. They're not back yet. So they said, we're going to wait. I am worried that Pavel and his buddy are not coming back. We shall see. Uh, Taylor. <laughs> that did not inspire This confidence. is the nature of stories, Emily. <laughs> so Robbie and Jeff go by themselves, though. That's the main thing. Like, these are not the most experienced oh, cavers. They are going by themselves. They have to cross this little area that you can walk on foot to reach the point where there is the vertical shaft, lol, um, with the rope that leads the, all the way to the top. Like, I showed you that long yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's twisty, but it's mainly vertical. <laughs> You, you have one big, long fucking rope. So they reach that. It feels like it's about to be overtaken by water, but it's dry at the point that they get to it. They are fast enough to get to this this um, this rope. Robbie goes first. Kay. And then Jeff follows behind him. Okay. This makes him now the lead guy headed out of this thing. So if, if the Russians follow behind, he has to be fast enough. For everybody else to make Good it thing he didn't him. grab that equipment. If he slows down, if he gets stuck, if he can't make it. Everybody dies. Everybody dies. See, that's why it's not good to be a leader. I know. Well, Robbie. Don't be a leader. Robbie wasn't supposed to be the fucking leader. Pavel's the leader. Listen, don't <laughs> be a leader. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, Robbie came down just like, I'm a nerd who takes photos. What's <laughs> happening? Why, why are we doing this? <laughs> so. They start ascending, and, like, this is where the water's coming from, too. They're ascending a rope with a ton of water coming down them. He even says, like, it felt like my neck was getting pushed into my shoulders. Yeah. That's how hard the water's coming down. That's a lot of water just falling. Falling onto you. Thousands and thousands. fucking velocity. (laughs) That is killer water. It, um, he's wearing a helmet. the wrong way. Right. He's wearing a helmet because it has the light on it. That probably saved his life. Yes, because the lip of the helmet also creates enough of a bubble in front of his face that he can breathe. Otherwise, like, he literally can't breathe. Yeah, he'd drown. Yeah, it'd be bad. So he's, they're both just making it. Funny, fun thing about Robbie is he used to be a window washer. Oh. And he learned the, like, they have these things like ascension hooks. Ascension, like when you ascend. Yeah. And they, you're supposed to take the hook and put it to a point where you're about to go. Mm -hmm. And then you follow the hook behind you and like yeah. the hook helps to relieve some of your own body weight so you're not I feel like just it's a, also like a rock climbing thing i think it is yes it's very similar so like he is just putting the hook up past the next knot in the rope so that it holds him yeah. and then pulling himself up and then doing that again over helps and over to and over make it faster too probably because yes. then you're not just wearing yourself out with your own body weight yes exactly and like so he's just all he's telling himself is like keep doing this just yeah. keep doing this one thing yeah just keep going one thing at a time that's what like so many survivor stories are that yeah. <laughs> or just, just next keep step. doing yeah 10 minutes one step it's the 10 minute rule exactly can you and do if you this can't thing do for 10, 10 minutes, minutes 10 seconds and then the next 10 seconds yep. and then the next 10 seconds exactly and i think when you're in this type of situation and it all sucks all you can do is keep moving forward mm-hmm. and your adrenaline is probably helping you quite a bit so he's going one step at a time and at one point he and jeff reach this small outcropping that they can step onto it's out of the way of the water for the first time in like a long time holy shit and but like jeff is behind him so he reaches it first robbie does and okay. he looks up 
above and the passage narrows. Uh Uh-oh. And it is only a body width wide. And the water is coming through every inch of it. Uh And he says, quote, I thought you're joking. I physically can't get through that. Where am I going to go? There's no space. There's no air. There's nothing. Yeah. That's fair. Right. But he knows, again, he's the lead man. He has to do this or everybody dies. So they haven't... They also, like, he doesn't believe they've climbed out far enough for the flood to not get to them. Like, it's sure. it's been a few hundred feet, maybe, but the flood could reach them. And yeah. if they get trapped here, it's his fault. Yeah. So he that just... That is too much pressure. It's so much pressure. You're, like, screaming inside your head, I'm sure. So he inches I'd be screaming through. out loud. Yeah. I would just like, and no one can hear you because yeah. the, the water anyway. Yeah. So fucking scream. Why not? Yeah. You might die. Scream all you want. Yeah. Fuck so- it. <laughs> so he inches his way through. Eventually he has to get back on this fucking rope and he is doing the ascension. It, like Hook is only going inch by inch. Like he's literally only moving the tiniest yeah, amount. Yeah. I mean, you move how you need to move. He's taking the tiniest gulps of air he can find. Like, because otherwise he's waterboarding himself, basically. Ugh. Like, So finally, he sort of makes it through this very narrow portion. And he makes it actually into a part of the cave where the water seems to have bypassed into another portion. And the part of the cave he's climbing through is actually pretty dry. Okay. But he's in panic mode. He's He's been in panic mode for long enough now that he's just climbing. He's yeah. like, I just yeah. have to get higher. If I don't get high enough, we'll all drown. I have to yeah, keep get going. the fuck out. Yes. And finally, Jeff below him. Like, at one point, he looks back and is like, Jeff better be able to make it through that fucking little hole because yeah. if he doesn't, we're all dead. Like, everybody below him is dead. He That's has it. to. He has to make it. But he has no control. So he just keeps climbing. Finally, he hears Jeff calling below, like, Robbie, slow down. We are safe now. Just slow down. Hey. Like, he's, like he's pissed. <laughs> but also, yes, Jeff Good made job, it Robbie. Yeah, Robbie and Jeff. They both made it through. Good for them. Jeff is right, too. Like, they have made it to the portion of the cave that is the safest they could be in, and they can afford to, to slow stop. down. Yeah. It's mostly dry here. It's also likely by this point that the rising flood below will not make it up to them. It'd be insane for the water to make it thousands of feet. That would be crazy. Yeah. So hopefully they're fine. Jeff finally catches up to Robbie, though, and his face is like white and his eyes are bulging out of his head. Like he's been panicking just like Robbie has. Oh, God. They cannot believe they are alive. These are not experienced cavers. They should be fucking dead. So... They make it, they're exhausted. They finally make it to Camp One. Again, that's at like, it's a 2,000 feet 2, below. 2,000 feet, exactly. And it, it's the one that, again, that's permanently supplied. There are tents already set up. There's food. There's like some medical supplies if they were to need it. They don't even need it, though. They're actually doing okay. They're exhausted. Yeah, they're I would okay. literally strip everything down. I would get. And then just lay ass flat. naked and lay down <laughs> on a blanket. Uh-huh. Wrap myself in 18 silver, like, thermal blankets. Yeah. It's it's high enough up that you have to be safe. Yeah. But, dry myself off completely. Yes. But their problem is, like, they get there and they realize there's five other people down there still. I actually think there's six. There's six people down there. Who are experienced cavers. Yes. But they haven't seen them yet. And so they just, they sit there. They sit there in their wet fucking clothes and they wait and they look down the hole. And eventually, after a few minutes, a single headlamp appears below and a man named Andre ascends. 
And he, they ask him, like, have you seen anybody else? And he says, no, like, I just started going, man. Yeah, they were out of time. <laughs> yeah. Like, and so Andre also sits down next to them and they all just wait in complete silence. Like, they just, they don't know what's going to happen. So they sit there. But, again, the Perovos Paleo Club is made up of, like, the world's greatest climbers. So... 15 minutes later, five more headlamps appear in the dark below. Okay. Every other member of the team makes it to Camp One. I was going to say, like, they're they're high level. They know exactly what they're doing, even in the worst possible situations. It's a child. Oh. I was like, what the fuck is that? mildly spooky. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For like a hot second. Holy shit. Like all children are. Oh, my God. <coughs> Glad we figured out that was a kid. All right. Oh, God. All right. Mm. Quote from Robbie. I could not believe it. These guys are so strong and so capable. Costia had even carried up a pack with sleeping bags, a stove, and a brew kit. Holy Where shit. It, whereas I had almost selfishly brought only my photos, Costia brought four sleeping bags. <laughs> Just a guy was like, well, we're going to need this stuff when we reach the top. And he just, like, got it. He just brought it with him. A brew kit. They made coffee <laughs> because this guy brought that. I just want to know, like, how <laughs> calm everyone else was. These are also Russians. Like, that's, oh, to me, that's That is big. something that I keep forgetting. They're Russian. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, so... These are not two American men either. Like, Robbie and Jeff are, like, I think one of them is Austrian and one of them is French. Okay. But, like. (laughs) That's still never going to be as low stress about everything as As my experience with Russian people are. Because everyone's just like, yeah, it's fine. I think that's why when, like, Peter turns to him and is, like, white face because the water's coming up. Like, that's when you know to be scared. Yeah. Like, a Russian man is scared now. Yeah. Therefore, you should be shitting your pants. (laughs) Yeah. But every single one of them makes it. Good. They're fine. They're more or less like, yeah, that was crazy, huh? That sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Cave and be wild, huh? Yeah. The Russians, they set up camp. Like, immediately, they start making coffee. They're sitting in their tents. They're laughing. Gotta warm up. They're laughing about what just happened. Robbie, so this is what happened to them. They they retell what happened to them. Robbie and Jeff had, you know, they walked that passage to the vertical rope. Mm Mm-hmm. That passage was flooded by the time the Russians reached it, Uh. and they had to swim. And the last man, Pavel, their leader, like, got swept up in an eddy, which is like a whirlwind twirling thing of water. He had to swim his own ass out of that. No one was standing behind to save him. He had to swim hard just to get out of that to reach the rope. Jesus. It's really hard. Superhuman man. Yeah. And, like, Robbie even says in his, like, interview later, like, it was actually probably really good that, like, the weakest climbers went first before things got really bad. And the literal strongest climber was the one who went last. Yeah. (laughs) So he still made it through. But Robbie was like, what I faced was the limit of my ability. If I had faced more, I would have died. (laughs) So. Yeah. Yeah, this was and, pretty And, you good. know, that's one of those as well of, like, you don't put them at the beginning. That's why you put your weakest people in the middle. Like, maybe in the best of circumstances, they would have stuck Robbie and Jeff Absolutely. in the middle of them. Absolutely. They didn't that, have like, time. No, there was no time. <laughs> they didn't have time. So it was good in the end. But, I'm like, glad Robbie they got Jeff, out when they got out because I think if they hadn't gotten out at that time, that they would have They would have fallen behind or stuck some people yes. behind them and really fucked up. Yes, yep. I agree. It was good they were alone on the journey. Yeah. So it was just the two of them. 
and then everybody else could just calmly well, like everybody ascend. else has been climbing together for years yes these men probably know each other very well yeah everybody understands their own limitations they're doing great so everyone's pretty relaxed everyone's like chilling in their tents they're stripped down of their fleeces yeah robbie is still in panic mode he can't handle it like he does not relax. Like you said, you would like lay down and just like strip down to your fucking naked. Yeah, and just stare at the ceiling and just be like, what the fuck just happened? Robbie doesn't take off a single layer of his climbing gear because oh, he assumes honey. at any moment he might need to take off again. No. The water is coming for them. So he's like, I'm going to be, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm, just, me, I'm Robbie, ready. I'm ready to Let's go. go. Let's go. <laughs> so, I mean, hours go by and yeah. Pavel is looking at him like my friend. We will wait Please. until morning. We will see what happens. We For will find be here. comfortable. Me, Pavel, keep you yeah. safe. <laughs> I trust Pavel. Yeah, me too, honestly. Pavel's got it. Yeah. <laughs> Pavel might be able to get it. I actually haven't seen a picture of Pavel. <laughs> we'll have to do some Googles. Can Pavel get it? Question Can mark? Pavel get it? <laughs> um, Let's so... fuck this turkey. Can Pavel get it? <laughs> <laughs> this is a quote from Robbie. At some point, it started to die down which was music to my ears. Hearing the water mm. get less powerful and not as loud was the most amazing sound. I bet. The best sound you've ever heard, probably. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Delightful. So, like, this is just my wrap-up. Like, everybody makes it out alive from this incident because, like, it could have been a real disaster. Oh, A yeah. lot of people could have died. Everybody yeah. could have everybody died. Everybody could have died. But this was, like, they made it mainly... Due At to... least one probably should have died getting yeah. caught in a fucking The fucking whirlpool. Pavel should be dead, dude. Yeah. Like, mainly, like, the experience, the caution, the yeah. strength of all these people, they made sure that they made it out. Like, as soon as one of them was like, hey, I hear some gurgling, it, it might be nothing, but yeah. it's probably not great. They didn't sit around and wait for something bad to happen. No. They went to check it out. Yep. And then as soon as they realized how bad it was, they got the fuck out of there. Yeah. And the other guys trusted their gut of being yes. like, I don't know what's going on. I'm We're going to go. I'm going to go. <laughs> yes. I'm going to go. This yes. isn't good. I'm going to go. And, Robbie and Jeff deserve commendation yes. just for getting the fuck out when they needed to. They didn't hang around and wait because if they had waited, they would have been climbing with the rest of them. And that's important to recognize. Like when you're the weakest You link. need to be humble <laughs> enough. Yes. To recognize you are the weakest link on some things. And that's, and that's okay. Okay. Just just get you out of there. You need to adjust for that. <laughs> yes. Make sure you're not the one holding up everybody else. This also applies to D&D. Absolutely. Robbie and Jeff's photos made it out undamaged. So that's oh, pretty cool. Good. There are some actually really beautiful, eerie photos. Caves are weird looking. Caves are fucking weird. The, the photos are beautiful, though. They are on the National Geographic website. There is a specific article about this instance that includes so many beautiful pictures. The cavers now, our, our wonderful team, they are now aware that the cave can flood at any time and not just in the winter. <laughs> oh. This, this taught them something. Theory not confirmed. Right. Their hypothesis... Was not correct. But at, at the least point, this I appreciate. They have taken precautions. They have ensured that this, that surface monitoring and communications is better. Someone is there on the surface to tell them when it starts to rain really hard. Yeah. Um, communications from the surface are better. They're including, like, they're, like, make it so that there's a radio system between mm. the camps mm -hmm. that's a little more reliable. Um, they have set up another camp also that's in the middle of the cave as a shelter. Um, there's this sort of strange really big open area that didn't have a camp before and they're setting a camp up there where okay. there was it's many thousands of feet between camps so now this one is in the middle of that okay. 
creating a little bit more of a safe space. If there were another flood, this one's easier to get to than Camp 1. So if this happens again, things will be better. Yeah. Although the entire thing really scared Robbie. The thing is, he came out believing that he was in the best hands possible. Yes. That those were, he was literally like, these are the greatest explorers in the world. I agree. <laughs> these people deserve all With of- some of like the caving disasters I have read about and heard about, especially mm-hmm. cave diving, because it's so fucking dangerous to begin with. Yes. He was in the best fucking possible hands yes. he could have been they in. They seem to know exactly what they are and doing. And they've been in this cave for years. They know mm-hmm. this cave. They're actually like the only people yeah. allowed in this cave for the most part. They know they know it better than anyone in the world. And they behave accordingly. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. So, <laughs> so the thing is, I don't know if this actually happened, but the Nat Geo report came out like a couple months after he came out of that alive. And it's detailing this incident. And Robbie says he planned to go back into the cave no. with the same group of people because absolutely he didn't not. get all the photos he wanted. No, absolutely not. No. He's going. And apparently, I mean, this was years ago. No. So he probably went. No. <laughs> Thank you for my life. Goodbye. I will say one of Robbie's light cases, like just holding all of the lights he had, it remains smashed to the top of one of the cave walls near Camp 6, which is a useful reminder to all other cavers how high the flooding can get because that's how high the water got. It smashed it to the top, like the roof of the cave. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, on one sad note, the same team of cavers went into Verovkina uh, Cave in August of 2021, and they found a body. Oh. A man named Sergei had entered the cave alone, I know Sergey's story. In November of 2020. I know Sergey's story. Yeah, he'd gotten stuck. Yes. Not physically. No. He just was trapped. Yeah, he was trapped and he was undergeared. Yes. He did not have nearly enough equipment. They said he didn't have enough equipment and maybe even just not enough skill yeah. no. to get out of the very specific area he yes. was stuck in. And unfortunately, he died of hypothermia. Yeah. So Sergey yeah, did not is, make it up. Um, there is a video talking about Sergey. Yes. That he is the man who died in this cave. Now, yeah. my one takeaway from that is you don't go caving alone. Nope. Don't ever. No don't matter go into how the woods the alone. Is, don't go caving alone. Exactly. Buddy Especially, system everywhere. Like, they didn't find him. He went in in November of 2020. They didn't find him until August of 2021. Yeah. Like, I don't even think he told his family. Like, that's that's a person who doesn't. he was going. Who's a little bit kind of looking to. Yeah, disappear. he was, from what I remember, he was very ballsy mm. and overconfident in his abilities to cave. I'm sure and he was somewhat skilled. Like, yeah, he probably had not been in, enough. This is the deepest cave in the world yeah. we're talking about. So I vaguely remember he might have also fallen. Oh, and maybe injured himself yeah. or something. Yeah, it's entirely possible. And couldn't get back up or like a rope broke or something. They did bring his body back up. Good. So he was, you know, brought back to his family and all of that. So, yeah, that's the story God. of the Verovkina cave incident. <laughs> like, I, they're still going down there. They're still doing regular expeditions because yeah. they're not done studying that cave. No. It's crazy There down are there. thousands and thousands of feet to study. Yes. And, like, I mean, just the life forms that have never seen yeah. light. Yeah. Is, that's so cool and weird and interesting. I, I wouldn't, um, I don't think I'd do that. I'm not, Mm-mm. I don't count myself as claustrophobic. But I don't think I'd want to do that anyway. So when I went caving, I went to all of the rooms except one, Mm. which was like the tightest. 
Sure. Because the second to last one was too tight for me. Like, I was shimmy- shimmying between rocks. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I've never been a skinny bitch. I have, for the lack of better terms, I have slave bones. Like, <laughs> I will never be a size two. Right. Like, that's just, that's not how my body is and built. getting stuck is so scary. Yes. And you don't want to risk that. Nope. Like, I why? went through. It was cool. It wasn't worth. Right. I got back out. And it was, like, these two flat rocks that were, like, angled. And you basically had to have somebody, like, pulling you. Yeah. No. No, thank you. No. And then the one is, like, even Even smaller. Than that. Like, fuck To go that, into the that, no. cathedral of the cave. I'm sure that's beautiful, but sure. what Someone can cost? take a picture. Yeah. Yeah. One of the skinny minis can go and take a picture. <laughs> a lot of people wouldn't even go down there at all because, like, a ca- the idea of a cave, like, I literally, I was watching the video for this, and, um, and Jake, like, had been doing something else, and then he came and sat down, and he heard, like, one thing about what was going on hadn't even looked yeah just heard it and he went oh no (laughs) nope and i was like what's wrong and he was like i'm sorry um no dying in a cave is a phobia of mine (laughs) so can we watch something else and i was like yeah 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 yeah, Yeah, yeah. absolutely i'm not gonna do that to you no it's like us in big waves yeah like like getting stuck specifically getting stuck in a cave is a huge thing for some people I am sorry if I awakened anybody's phobias. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Uh Uh-Oh Feeling. Um, We're just out here doing our ding-dang best, and we really appreciate you coming back to us time and time again. Um, We always have fun uh, when people tell us that they enjoy the pod, so feel free to reach out to us and let us know if there's a story that we should be talking about. Um, But otherwise... Emily, I think that you should probably you should probably be a lot like Pavel, to be yes, honest. Yes, yes. You can be like Robbie and stay in panic mode until you feel safe. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. But you fine. should be like Pavel, for sure. Yeah. Um, and you should be like, I'm so sorry, what is his name again? Roy. You could be like the unnamed dude with a 38 in his fanny pack. <laughs> Actually, like- you should probably channel that energy channel the energy of someone who has a 38. And you know what? A universal of both of these is don't hesitate. You're right. Just don't hesitate. Don't Just hesitate. do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, depending on the situation, of course. I feel like I shouldn't just tell people to not hesitate when it comes to, like, anything. If your you, life is in danger. Yes. I think that's the specification. If you've met, if you've met a werewolf yeah. of any kind. If you're out here seeing the Mothman. Right. If the cave you're in is flooding. Yeah. Just go. Get just the fuck do, out. Do what you need to do. Make sure you're wearing a helmet. Yes. Safety first. Breathe. Keep climbing. Yeah. One step at a time. One step. Ten seconds at a time. Exactly. And no matter what. <laughs> never, ever, ever. Forget your... Fanny pack. <laughs> your fanny pack with your 38 in it. <laughs> or your photos. Or your photos. Maybe Honestly, your fanny pack just has a little snack. Yeah, let's bring back fanny packs. You could have a snack in there. You could have a gun. You Uh-oh know, fully endorses fanny packs. Dealer's choice. This is what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever is in there, have it. As long as you are legally allowed to have it. <laughs> mine mine looks like the 90s um, drink, like mm. the water cup. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So does the gun. Mine's Thank holographic. You. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, so it's reflective so you can see me at night. And so can the werewolves, presumably. Listen, I'm not going to be outside at night. Uh-huh. It's just reflective for me. For just for you. When I'm inside. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I'm a nowhere person. I don't go outside at night. I don't go into the woods at night. Who the fuck do you think I am? I don't. <laughs>